0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. It's obvious that something is happening to our planet. Call it global warming or climate change or geological evolution. It doesn't matter. We're headed somewhere, and it may or may not be a pleasant destination. Is there more to this issue than cold and hot? Today, Dr. Jennings via Skype shines some much-needed light on the topic. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? This is
1: a great topic to bring up because every day in the media, we're being hit with concerns about this. What I would like people to know is that as we think about this issue, we don't want to live in fear or be manipulated by people based on fear. Mm. And one of the things I see happening is first there's the debate, is the climate changing or or where's the climate not changing? People argue back and forth. What used to be the language of global warming, now you'll notice it's now called climate change. Right, right, And the reason for that is because the data is inconsistent. It, uh, there's data suggesting global warming and a, a report came out just last week from a group of scientists saying that the Antarctic ice shelf is increasing and expanding and, and the ice down there sucks carbon out of the atmosphere and we may be entering an ice age. Hmm. So I don't know that that's uh, mainstream yet, but it's certainly not from the anti-climate change group. It's just a different view on the climate. and And so they've switched gears from simply global warming to climate change, and they tie this directly to human activity – For a reason, I think there's an ulterior purpose going on here, and that is there is a, uh, uh, I think, a coalition that wants to subordinate nation states to a overseeing governance of some kind. I'm not going to call it a one world government, Mm -hmm. but a treaty of some sort, a coalition of people that manages uh, energy expenditure of nations and bringing us into a
0: collective where we lose our sovereignty and independence. So you're saying that instead of climate change being driven by human activity, you're saying that perhaps some of these coalitions, some of these nations are using what's happening naturally for their benefit? That's a good point. First
1: question we should ask, is the climate changing? And yeah. is there is there a difference between the, the evolutionary worldview and the biblical worldview? Mm-hmm. In the evolutionary worldview, the Earth is millions of years and millions and millions of years old. And we've seen the, uh, temperature changes measured over the last 150 years that is shocking and alarming because it appears there's rapid changes from a planet that has been fairly stable for millions of years. From a biblical worldview, there was a worldwide flood five six thousand years ago, followed by a ice age that the globe has slowly been warming since then. The ice has been slowly receding from the places where it expanded to after the flood, and so there's been climate change gradually occurring over a five to six thousand year period. But that five to six thousand year period is a very shorter timeline than an evolutionary timeline. Yes. So if you change your timeline to millions of years and then start measuring some changes it looks quite catastrophic and frightening. And so I don't dispute that climate is changing one way or the other, and I'm not gonna argue and suggest the climate isn't changing. My view is that I think the climate is changing, and from a biblical worldview, the Bible actually prophesies that the climate is gonna get quite catastrophic before the second coming of Christ. The problem is, do we take a worldview that this world will never be saved by our actions? We can't save it, and it's only gonna be saved by the Creator restoring it back to His design. Or do we take the worldview that there is no God, that we're all on our own, and that we have to save Mother Earth, because if we don't, we kill ourselves?
0: Interesting that you're tying what's happening on this Earth to God. Solidify that for us. How is God related to what's happening on this Earth as far as weather is concerned?
1: Well, do we believe God is creator or not? So the first question, there are people who don't believe in a God, so it's totally up to us. It's all random forces, and the question of God is just silliness to them. Many of us have a devout belief in a creator God. We see evidences of design, of creation, and so we believe that there is a higher intelligence that put life on this planet, and there's so many reasons for that. And if you believe in the creator God, as I do, then I believe that his laws are the laws upon which reality operate, whether we call them the laws of physics or the laws of Health, the laws of thermodynamics, the law of gravity, these laws are constant and their maintenance maintains the operations of nature. Mm -hmm. Now, one worldview, a Christian worldview, is that God's presence keeps his laws and the operations of nature running at a steady state. But God's dwelling place on earth. The Holy Spirit's dwelling place on earth is the spirit temple, the hearts and minds of men. Mm -hmm. So one perspective is that as human beings move away from God, alienate themselves, harden their hearts, God who is gracious and does not force his way into hearts and minds, gradually withdraws his presence from the planet as we harden our hearts from him. And as he withdraws his presence from the planet, the forces of nature become less governed and more chaotic, and we have more climate change and
0: storms and natural disasters and things along those lines. It really comes down to our belief in a God who is the creator God, doesn't it? This is a great
1: point. When we look into nature, whether we're looking at geological formations, we're looking at fossils, whether we're looking at climate change – we can identify facts. Uh, here's a fossil found at this place, and Earth's crust, blah, 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 it's a fact. The temperature is such and such at such a time, fact. We have so much ice at this place, fact. You can identify facts, but then those facts are interpreted through lenses. And the worldview lens we hold, if there is no God, we've evolved over millions of years, then we uh, interpret those facts in a certain way. If we do believe in a creator God, and that this planet is currently not operating as God originally designed, that, as Paul writes in Romans 8, all nature groans under the weight of sin, then we see a different process happening, and some, because of their view of God, who believe in God, see that God actively uses his power to bring natural disasters, and to cause storms, and to cause hurricanes, and to punish people by inflicting these things. I think that's a gross distortion, because they have a God that operates on principles of the world. As you see God is creator, and you recognize that he grants us freedom, and that as we harden our hearts, he withdraws and sets us free and then natural disasters happen because his presence that maintains stability is being removed, then we see a God of love and a God of trust and a God of respect that we call out to and say, hey, Lord, we trust you and we don't want your presence removed.
0: Okay, so are you saying that there's more to that bible text that says as in the days of noah so shall the coming of the son of man be are you saying that that is not necessarily just talking about the sinful condition of man but it's also talking about the chaotic condition of this earth as god is withdrawing his protective power you know that's a great point because yes i think as it was in the
1: days of noah there's two primary things happening one the human race was alienating itself from God. Uh, According to the scripture, there was only one righteous man and his family left on the earth at the time of the flood. So the the population of the earth, other than Noah and his family, had hardened their hearts against the Lord. The Bible says that uh, at the end of time, the hearts of many, the love of many will wax cold, that earth and the population will alienate itself and harden itself against God too. There was the message of Noah that, hey, there's impending climate change coming. There is going to be a worldwide flood. There is going to be rain. And of course, The world had never seen rain. And there's going to be devastation and destruction. Uh, Of course, the scientists of the day denied the process of what was happening and were deniers of what Noah was saying. Now, today, we have a similar process in which hearts are hardening. God's presence is being withdrawn. His sustaining, stabilizing influence is being withdrawn. And climate is changing. Scientists, in a certain way, are still deniers. They're not denying climate change. They're denying the cause and the reason of climate change. They're wanting to make it based on the cars we drive and things along this lines, rather than realizing that it really has its roots in human beings becoming self-centered, hardening against God, and God
0: gradually removing his sustaining presence from the planet. Well, you would certainly agree that we are helping the project along, helping the catastrophe along by our habits of fossil fuels and carbon and all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't you say that? I don't know that that is necessarily true or not true at this point. I think
1: there are elements that we are damaging the environment. I would absolutely say that. Damaging the environment, we have certainly done. And we certainly need to be good stewards of the earth. And we certainly need governance of ourselves as mature Christian stewards live a godly life, which means that we don't exploit the environment. We don't exploit people. We don't pollute. We don't exploit the lower life forms for our own selfish gain. And so there is a lot of righteous things we can do. But my point is, even if we stop all the pollution and this type of activity, as hearts harden from God, the planet is still going to become unraveled
0: because his sustaining presence is slowly withdrawn. I like that because it also says to me, Dr. Jennings, that No matter what I do to this planet, I'm not going to override or overpower God's power to keep this planet together. We tend to think that we're destroying the planet by what we're doing. Actually, we're destroying the planet by what we're not doing, and that is looking to God as the power that we need to have keeping this planet together. So yes, and the root of it is this desire to be self-sustaining.
1: There is no God. We can make it ours. So in the aftermath of the great climate change of the flood, where all were wiped out, have no one his family. As the earth began to be populated again, people took the approach, we can save ourselves and we can build a tower and we can prevent a flood from ever destroying us again. So it was all self-saving. And so that same motivation is operating in most of the people that I hear that are advocates for, for climate change prevention. They're wanting to you know, build their own towers of Babel in all the mechanisms and actions they want to take that they believe that if we do this, we can save our planet. One of the things that you're we're seeing in society, is various politicians and other people are using these data to incite fear, terrorize the society in order to get uh, citizens to surrender liberties and freedoms to some structured system that will then control their lives uh, in, in an attempt to save the planet. My message is that we should be good stewards, love our neighbors, govern ourselves well, not pollute, not destroy the environment, but don't expect us to be able to save this planet if we alienate ourselves from the creator who is the sustainer of the planet.
0: What do you say to the people, Dr. Jennings, who say, well, good news, we're destroying the planet. That's a sign of the end. That means that God will be coming soon, so I'm not going to change anything because I want God to come soon. Yeah, I think that's a
1: misguided approach because if you are a destroyer— Okay. You mm-hmm. say, I want God to come soon. So I'm going to do more evil mm-hmm. because the more evil the world becomes, then the Lord will eventually come because the Bible says the world gets evil before it comes. So let's do more evil so we can hasten the day of the Lord. The world is going to, I think, become more evil and more decayed before the Lord comes. And if you go down that trail, you certainly can be part of that process. But what's happening to your heart, your mind, your character, you are not actually becoming in harmony with God and his kingdom. Thus, when the Lord does come, you're likely not to be on the right side of the equation.
0: Wow. Wow. Dr. Jennings is with us today talking about climate change, and he has laid the ball in our court. And we need to recognize what God is doing, and we need to recognize what our part is as well. And he's made it clear in this program. I want to invite you, listener, to reason.com. You can read Dr. Jennings' books. You can get a copy of those books there. You can look at his blogs and his uh, radio and, and podcast programs are there. And just learn a little bit more about this, because what I've discovered in talking with Dr. Jennings after all these years, I've been privileged to be with him on the radio is that we have a responsibility, too. We're part of the process, and we need to identify our part, and we need to identify God's part. And God's part is what's going to eventually come out on top on this thing, (laughs) no matter what we do. And that's good news, Dr. Jennings, wouldn't you say? That is absolutely good news, and for those that trust him, when we see
1: disasters or catastrophes in nature happening, we don't get distressed or fearful because we
0: know ultimately in the end the Lord is going to restore this earth to perfection. Amen and amen. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Always great, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone.